Welcome back, everybody, to Chop for Time. And it's Thomas Buckler here, the youth pastor at FCC, and joined by Pastor Ben. How's it going? Going well. Just, uh, I've already had my coffee this morning. I have not. Just, just my first cup. So you, you have an opportunity to catch up to me. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I do plan on there being. I, I don't like odd numbers when it comes to coffee. I need a second cup. Fair enough. Fair All right. Enough. Yeah. That uh, I, when I was living in Lexington, like I used to have, you know, go down to the coffee shop every morning at like seven a.m have my cappuccino good to go for the day since i moved here because i was spoiled right i was spoiled by really good coffee <laughs> oh, i mean you, you were you're working in a coffee yeah. shop that it was like a really bougie really, like yeah. you know like <laughs> for those coffee. of you who are um beyond the age of 30 35 <laughs> bougie means extra oh okay you Is know that... it, it's it's extra yeah, yeah. i mean i, I yeah. know that because i have a college age daughter well i kept using the word posh and then people just kept making fun of me every time i said the word posh so i decided <laughs> to stop saying that I, listen just <laughs> you you keep using your terminology sure uh, Especially, you know, because there's a little bit of a cultural uh, divide yeah, uh, between yeah. Eastern Kentucky and Northern Ireland. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's shocking, but uh, yeah. I, I love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, was your weekend busy, quiet, any it exciting was, stuff? It was a little bit of both. Uh, you know, we got back into kids' ministry yesterday, yeah. our, our children's yeah. church. And uh, so that was the word that I used for the weekend was it felt harried. Um, There was just a sense of excitement, but craziness Mm. and that, that unknown of, you know, feeling like you have a good plan. Yeah. Knowing that you've got just about everything as ready as it could possibly be, but that unknown hanging yeah. over of did we forget something? Is there yeah. something going yeah. But uh, it went very, very well. Yeah. I think around 25 yeah, that's, uh, kids awesome. uh, all together. So, you know, great yeah. socially distanced, masked fun yeah. over there and learning about Jesus. You, know, we were, you were saying, and I've even talked to a couple of other kids pastors out there who said that the kids are better at wearing masks than oh, no doubt, else. no doubt yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah mandy and the team did a great job um you know responding in a crisis when wi-fi doesn't work or this out of the other oh, technology like, we've never had an issue with that in the main building here and i'm really <laughs> <glad>. <laughs> <clears throat> i may need to repent yeah <laughs> yeah i thought it was i thought it was a great sunday and uh the morning seemed pretty lively and um you know kennedy and is it Brody or Rudy? Brody. Brody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did a great job. You know, yeah. it was a small team, but, you know, made up for it. And, and yeah, I, I thought that... Yeah, uh, it was a nice yeah, slower change of pace. And, yeah, it was. And yeah. that's, um, you know, we all have our um, preferences as yeah. to musical style, instrumentation, uh-huh. yeah. type of music, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think Kennedy's doing a great job in balancing a lot oh, of different absolutely. things. Absolutely. Musical styles being one. Uh, you know, there's always this church tension of new versus old contemporary versus hymnal um and you know the the true thing about it is the important part the really important part of our musical worship is what are the lyrics saying yeah is it glorifying god is it lifting him up that's the most important thing to me and that's what i want to make sure um that you know no matter what style, yeah. no matter what yeah. era it came from, are we glorifying God? Not yeah. glorifying ourselves, not singing about us. Are we glorifying God together? And I think that she does a fantastic she job does. of balancing Absolutely. instrumentation, balancing new versus old. But she yeah. always has this focus of what are the songs saying. Mm. And and to me, yeah, that that's it. And, that's it. and always tying them in with yes. the the topic of the week yes. or the passage or whatever it is we're going over and that's always nice just that it, it gives you this nice little lead into yeah 
you know, it's already on your mind before the sermon starts. And then, you you know, you've got those lyrics in your head. And And hey, shout out to Grant Meenix. Oh, for yeah. opening uh, yeah. you know, one of our youth group members. Yeah. Called him a kid yesterday, so Grant, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Young man, fantastic yeah. job. He read out of 1 John for us to open the service, a passage of yeah. Scripture, so it's awesome to see them up front. Yeah, I love that guy. He's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as so we dived into um, our next uh, word or next sort of theme. <laughs> word of in, the day. Yeah. yeah, word of the day for the study around Redeemer. Yes. Um, so we're at adoption. Yeah, adoption, and that... Um, you know, that's a theological word. Yeah. It's not one that we typically think of being mm-hmm. a theological word. You know, justification. Yeah, that's theological. Yeah. Repentance. Yeah, that's theological. We're going into sanctification next week. Yeah, that's theological. Yeah. Adoption. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's And that, was, that yeah. was a little bit of a challenge uh, uh-huh. to be able to set that up as this is a word you should be hearing in church yeah. a lot, mm. but we don't. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a word that we need to be explaining in church a mm. lot. But we don't just because I think that adoption is a culturally relevant word in our lives now. And I had to take a few moments and just kind of compare and contrast Mm. the differences between biblical adoption, what Paul was writing about in Romans and in Galatians, and then what um, what we see as adoption now. So, you know, that that was a it was a fun challenge. It yeah. was a good challenge, but that that realization that you know, we we came out of Romans 8 mm-hmm. verses 12 through 17 and it, you know, it really kind of begins to crank towards that adoption theme at verse 15 yeah. where it begins to say that we're no longer slaves. Uh, yeah. You know, to fear. You know, we're not given over to fear. And that's you know we took a I took a few minutes and kind of answered the question like okay what kind of fear mm. you know what are we what are we not afraid now yeah. of falling back into and you know I, I took four areas of our lives just really quickly uh, and and really this is a this is a sense of identity because repentance I could wrap my head around being forgiven mm-hmm. justification on some level I can even wrap my head around me being guilty continuously guilty being found innocent in God's Mm -hmm. court, you know, in God's eyes because of Christ. I can wrap my head around that for the most part, but this idea of him rejoicing in me Mm -hmm. and, and taking joy in me being his child. And then that all happening, this new identity happening all at once. I struggle with that. Mm. Uh, So, you know, all of this adoption concept is, Setting up identity mm-hmm. as who we are as children of God, as sons and daughters of God, we yeah. have a new identity. And him talking about falling back, you know, we, yeah. I mean, we're no longer slaves. We're no longer in the bondage of this fear. Mm-hmm. Well, fear of what? Well, we all have this drive for acceptance, yeah. in, you know, and, and being validated, and really, the four areas that I put, you know, for validation and approval out there was validated by ourselves, mm-hmm. validated by others, validated by the world, yeah. validated by a religious system, uh, and that kind of catapults us into don't look to those things any longer because that leads to bondage. You're no longer a slave yeah. to that. Yeah. 
And that, yeah. you know, I just, I, I really thought that that was an interesting, as I was reading, studying, preparing, reading not only scripture, but commentaries, listening to other people's thoughts, I thought, man, that's a, that's a really solid way of looking at it. Of yeah. here's what you were enslaved yeah. to. Not only are you made new, but don't fall back into that fear. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I mean, this is kind of just a side round, but the whole word slave um, and Paul's use of the word slave is, mm-hmm. can be very confusing at times. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because he talks about, you know, not having a, a spirit of slavery, mm-hmm. um, but then he's very comfortable saying that we're slaves mm-hmm. to Christ. Yeah. You know, which obviously, and, and then culturally, I think we just see that as such a negative. Well, thing, it is. Yeah. Know? I mean, in our, in our culture, slavery yeah. is, it's, it's inhuman. Yeah. And it needs to be negative. And absolutely. we need to think of it that way because... Yeah. That's that's taking a group of people that were created in God's image, regardless of race, race, ethnicity, yeah. background, any of that. We are all made in the image of God. We are all yeah. image bearers. Uh, so slavery in our cultural context is extremely negative. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you, you know, just to show the fallibility of man, you uh-huh. know, I, I read a lot of the Puritans' work, uh, and and I like. I love the way that they approach the sovereignty of God, the way that yeah. they approach the authority of God's word. Uh, but that just shows how people can be so right, but so wrong at the same time. How can the Puritans who saw this, this word, yeah. as so esteemed and so mm. valuable, but still yet participate and think that slavery yeah. is okay in that yeah. context, which was inhuman? Yeah. Slavery in the context of the culture of Paul is many people at times, would go voluntarily mm. into slavery. A bond servant is yeah. a good, yeah. uh, I think, a, a good accurate terminology for it, is yeah. that it, it wasn't a dehumanization overall mm. uh, in Paul's context. These, these were people almost treated as, it was an employee as yeah. a sense. So yeah. slavery in that context was different than in our context, yeah. Um, yeah. which, you know, like I said, you, you're talking about it negatively yeah. in our context. It needs to be yeah. negative. Oh, absolutely. As, you know. It's just one of those ones that's confusing to, like, wrap your head around if you're not absolutely aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I really, I mean, I love Romans 8. I love that we've dived into Romans 8 and not just gone to verse 1. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, yeah. which, I mean, I, every, I love Romans 8. One, you know, yeah. the, there is no con- condemnation for those in Christ oh. Jesus, you know. So true. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other really good stuff in this passage. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's not, um, some of it's hard hitting, some of it's nice, and, you know, and, you know, I like that we're diving into the whole, the whole passage. You yeah. Know? And the, you know, we talked about staying in verse 15 there. We talked about yeah. the adoption thing. And, yeah. and I, and I'll do this as quickly as possible here because I detailed it somewhat in, in my sermon, but mm-hmm. there was a, another cultural difference. Uh, not only with the slavery, but also with adoption. What yeah. adoption meant in the Roman culture in particular was completely different than what it means in our culture now. Yeah. It was far more regular and prevalent for adults to be adopted, yeah. grown men and women to yeah. be adopted back in Roman times. Mm. Uh, because now we look at adoption from a standpoint of adopting children who may be in uh, unfortunate situations, things like that, yeah. uh, and bettering, you know, bringing them, adopting them, bringing them into the family to better their situation, better their atmosphere, better their surroundings, yeah. uh, and just a better life yeah. for them. Uh, and that was part of adoption back mm-hmm. then as well, but it wasn't the overarching theme of it. It was all about inheritance Yeah, in the... In, in the Roman culture yeah. in particular, as Paul's writing this, um, 
it was you know we we talked about uh, Julie, Julius Caesar adopting mm-hmm. uh, Octavius Augustus, yeah. uh, his nephew, so that he could be the next in line to inherit the kingdom. Yeah, uh, and, and that was that was completely and totally done. Yeah. out of an inheritance standpoint. And that's the lens that Paul wrote this through about adoption. Yeah, which kind of changes the conversation about our, uh, not, not, not our role, but our reward, so to speak, yeah. or our, our... Inheritance. Yeah, the, the inheritance. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that's crazy about this passage. I mean, we'll probably get into it later, but um, being heirs... Let's see if I can find the exact words here. Um Verse 17, I think, is what you're looking for. Probably. Let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Did, yeah, <laughs> it is ridiculous. You know, this is a good word like, for it. Yeah. Like, I remember whenever we were, we were reading with that, I, I forgot about that verse and I was like, that's mad. Like, <laughs> yeah. fellow heirs, like co-heirs is mm-hmm. like, that's way too high yeah. and honored. Like, yeah. you know, even the, you know, we, we accept salvation and... Um, rescue from our situation as way more than enough you know never mind being co-heirs mm. with christ yeah. you know just even having the words with christ yeah. you know um no i'm not saying that we're on an equal playing field but uh like like i mean in, that's what he's in, done for us yeah but in everything we're not surely we're not on equal playing fields in our lives day to day for sure but when it comes to our inheritance yeah. the fact that we've been placed yeah. up there is crazy. And I think that that should just even add more weight to when we make the statement of if God, if Christ never does anything for you yeah. beyond yeah. redeeming you, yeah. it's so much more than we've oh, ever yeah. deserved. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolute craziness. Yeah. Um, but we we paused and we looked at, after we set the stage for that adoption, mm-hmm. you know, the difference in the adoption, we looked at that, we cry out, you know, or we cry out. Yeah. Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. And we looked at that word Abba because we, um, that's a very, that's become a very intimate term mm-hmm. for us that we believe that it means daddy. Yeah. And on a certain level, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. But just understand something that if you would have called your earthly father daddy mm-hmm. in this culture, yeah, you may have been stoned yeah. to death yeah. because it was a culture of extremely high honor. We live in a yeah. low honor culture. Yeah, uh, you didn't call your father daddy yeah. in this culture yeah. in this time. So to approach God as dad, yeah. yeah. no, not at all. What this really had was almost a it, it was a weight of a sovereignty of God. You know, in both this and in Galatians, where Paul writes to them and talks about. You know, Abba Father. He uses the terminology "crying out." Yeah. You know, this is not a somber, low-key kind of thing. This is a crying out, either in rejoicing or in desperation. Yeah. Of yeah. what do I have to fear? My God is bigger than your God. Yeah. My God is sovereign. Why? Yeah. Why do I fear anything? Yeah. That's that's this crying out, Abba Father. Yeah. It's the recognition yeah. of my God is sovereign. Yeah, and you tied it in with the you use the analogy of you know my dad can beat up your dad. Yes. I thought was, I thought it's great. You yeah. know, it's that's exactly it puts it in that perspective of because we don't want to remove the importance of you know God being our father uh, and having that relationship with God, but we want to add a level of respect to that 
Do you know what I mean? And trying to find that balance. And I think the my dad can beat up your dad is the perfect <laughs> example that, of that. That was a uh, old school bus story yeah, yeah. of some uh, World Wrestling Federation figurines. If you didn't listen to the sermon, yeah. go back and listen yeah. to that. It was yeah. But no, I, I thought that was that was just a great analogy because it it yeah it drew that balance between okay we're talking about a serious being mm-hmm. who is also our father at the same time. Yeah. And I've even found that like with my own dad, like when I was a kid. You know, I always, I've always loved my dad. Like, you know, he's great. I um, always had fun with him. We'd hang out and all that kind of stuff. But now that I'm an adult, you know, I have a house and we're, you know, I've got a job and got to balance bills and, you know, and all these kind of things. And talking with my dad now and seeing all of the things that he does, the level of respect that I have for him is like totally different. Yeah. You know, and um, that I never had, I never really understood as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I can see my dad for like, he's just fantastic anyway i mean that's a whole other other thing when and if the day comes that you have children you will understand completely why your dad was mostly in a bad mood (laughs) most all the time and he had that that scowling look on his face you'll you'll get that yeah (laughs) but it's it's one of those things where i was like okay that that also helps me understand like okay there's definitely there's a respect as well as a relationship Mm. that is and both are like vital that's good um and but yeah i yeah, I have a father crying out. And that's that's one of those things as well. I think I'm glad you brought that up of like we cry out can can be in rejoicing, mm-hmm. like almost like worship, like yeah. we would do on a Sunday morning, or yeah. desperation. Yeah. Of like like the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Like, what on earth is going God, where are you? <laughs> like yeah. you know Do you not see this? Yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I love all of that. Um but uh yeah, no, we definitely, so that was one of the interesting things was the adoption thing as well. You, you talked about the adult part being adopted mm-hmm. as an adult. That's something I hadn't quite heard before. I mean, I knew that it was a thing and I'd heard other things about adoption. I mean, everybody has a different, you know, yeah. exegetical understanding of things. Ooh, but, um, exegesis, all exegesis right. Exegesis and yes. hermeneutics. Yes. Uh, oh, I hate those words, but um, <laughs> it's like half of my college years. <laughs> it was just writing those words and you get more points. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and we and, and on that line, we also spent a, a little bit of time on a, on a belief system of yeah. um, universal fatherhood. Uh, yes. The universal yeah. fatherhood of God is a belief system where they, it is believed that God is father to everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and in a word, that belief system is false. Yeah. God is creator of everyone, and He is everyone's creator, and everything's creator, yeah. but He is not everyone's father. Yeah. That distinction, Him being a father, is for his children and his children only. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And which the adoption thing ties into. Yes. Because he's not your father until you've been adopted into that family. And the same with my niece and nephew who were adopted. Um, You know, Josh wasn't their dad Mm -hmm. until they were adopted. Yeah. You know, he was just a guy. Yeah. Until that point. And I think, no, I thought that was really good as well because there's definitely a trend these days Mm -hmm. of like universalism. Yeah. You know, all roads lead to heaven Mm -hmm. type of thing or the you know, um, I know the coexist thing is mm-hmm. very popular. And I mean, I'm all for being respectful and and living amongst other cultures yeah. without yeah. pretending like all of them are the same. Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and I think, you know, I know so many people, I even had professors in my college who believed in universalism, mm-hmm. you know, that all roads lead to heaven or, you know, um, all these different religions are all chasing after the same God. They just call them different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't. No, and the that's old, not. And, and and the big glaring red light problem with that for us as Christians 
is none of that is biblical. Yeah, exactly. So, and, exactly. and you know, and that's one of those things that we could sit here and articulate. You know, yeah. It's just not biblical. Yeah. Uh, and you know what they, people have the right to believe what they want to believe. Yeah. Uh, and we believe in yeah. Jesus Christ. We believe in Yahweh, Adonai God. Yeah. And we believe in his word and his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's, that's what guides us. That's what's, that's what becomes our moral compass and our yeah. true north. Um, so yeah. yeah, as my my pastor would say back home, you're entitled to your opinion. It's wrong, but you're entitled yeah, to your opinion. Yeah. Listen, they, I, I tell my wife all the time, and you can imagine how well this goes over whenever I tell you what it is. I was like, listen, Kim, you have the right to agree with me all you want to. You also have the right to disagree with me all you want to, but that comes with a right of being wrong. <laughs> she does. She doesn't care for that. And, I, and I just before we move on, I do want to make it public record. It's already stated on, um, you know, out there. It's public. You can't take it back. But I want to make sure that I reaffirm this: is that Billy Murray agreed to adopt yeah, me yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and he agreed to it, which was not the answer I was expecting. Yeah. I, the shock on your face at that <laughs> point was like, oh, oh, okay. What's happening here? <laughs> yeah. uh, but as we move on uh, through the scripture, uh, you know, we get to verse 16 and that's where it says that the spirit capital s spirit which is god's spirit testifies or bears witness Mm -hmm. with our spirit excuse me that we are children of god yeah and and i took a little bit of a moment i don't know if it's soapboxy or not but i felt like there there had to be some hard truth introduced here Mm -hmm. because leading up to this we've been talking about identity been talking about adoption and now there's this kind of this is kind of a connective verse to get us to the next one yeah, uh, we, we'll talk about that, but we've kind of already mentioned the inheritance thing. But I believe that we could boil this statement down of, okay, how does the Holy Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we mm. are children of God? And that one word that made sense to me was obedience. Yeah, And I made the statement that if you call yourself a believer, a Christ follower, mm. and you have no desire at all mm. to be obedient to God, then you're not a Christian. Yeah. And that's that's not a statement of if you aren't obedient all the time or if you don't get it right all the yeah. time or if you're not perfect. No, none of us are that. But yeah. if you have zero desire yeah. to be obedient to God and his command, then he he's not your God. Yeah. He's not your father. Yeah. And that's just that's a biblical reality. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that definitely got me thinking after that was the whole wrestling with the flesh. I think that's like mm-hmm. one of the key signs. Yeah. And we'll get into that next, this coming Sunday with sanctification. You know, but that's, to me, that's one of the key signs of somebody following Jesus Mm -hmm. is a, is wrestling with their flesh, you know, because if you don't have these morals or these, these standards or these directions, you don't have to wrestle with your flesh, you know? And I mean, most people that we encounter day to day don't have to. Yeah, and I made the statement yesterday. I've never encountered a non-believer that desires to be obedient to God. Yeah, yeah. Why be obedient to some something or someone or some person that you don't believe in? Yeah, just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so it has to work the other way around for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I it's one of those things that's so hard to articulate of like making sure that you're not coming across as legalistic. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're not saying no, you have to perform, you have to be perfect. Do, Do you know what I mean? But you know, trying to find that balance of like, there has to be evidence of faith, Mm -hmm. but God's grace, grace is sufficient to cover all sin. 
you know, where his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's again that sanctification. It's almost like these messages are building on one another. That's yeah. It's wow. amazing. Maybe there was planning somewhere. No. No. Don't 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 put that expectation out <laughs> oh, there okay, for them okay. to think you can that just I cut this out of the edit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but the way that that that, that obedience. Yeah builds into this next scripture kind of serves as a bridge mm. from the thought of adoption and us becoming children of God yeah. into the spirit himself bearing witness yeah. with our spirit that we are children of God comes in this verse 17 and not only in the inheritance but the way that that is finalized mm. and this is the part that I and I said yesterday if I'm being transparent I really wish this part wasn't in scripture I really yeah. wish that this was not a part of it because verse 17 ends with provided. So uh-huh. it's that therefore or that if we kind yeah. of thing. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Yeah. Um, number one, I said there's a, there's a significance to the arrangement of Scripture here. Mm-hmm. That number one, provided, it's an expectation. Yeah. Number two, suffering comes before us being glorified with yeah. him. And yeah. at this point, we went to James chapter one, verses two and three. That uh, you know, yeah. if you rejoice, my brothers, or you know, brethren, when you fall into trials of various types. Mm. Uh, and and somebody texted me after the message, and they said we knew it was getting real serious whenever you went to the book of James. Um, but I just encouraged everyone here of you know, don't despise the dark times in your life. Don't yeah. despise the difficulties, the hardships, the trials, the tribulations that you go through because oftentimes that's when God does the most in your life, uh, especially the most cultivating. And yeah. you you really begin yeah. to grow in those times. And I use the example of Jesus in the wilderness, how the Gospels record that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to yeah. be tempted yeah. and he and it was recorded that after that 40 days of darkness that 40 days of temptation that 40 yeah. days of trial it says that the terminology was that he came out in the power of the spirit mm-hmm. so he yeah. was led by the spirit in came out in the power of the spirit there's yeah. a there's a maturation there's yeah. a cultivation that takes place in our hearts during dark times yeah the sorry this might be a rabbit hole but this is just one of the things that i i wish i could fully understand is just like what did Jesus know? What? How did Jesus feel? What? What did Jesus like expect of himself? At what point did he figure all these things out? Like, how much was he human? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the different feeling before he went into the desert versus coming out? Like, did he know all of? Th- it's. I mean, like, yeah, that's just a minefield of theological study of yeah, like what, that range of emotions oh, that Jesus yeah. had because he he was he was fully man, yeah, fully God. So he yeah. he experienced those emotions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's confusing but um but yeah the the suffering part and that's we've been talking about that with the youth over the past number of weeks because last month we were talking about hurt and pain and i was trying to emphasize is like look the only thing that we're guaranteed biblically um, as christ followers is suffering and eternity so you're not doing attractional youth ministry at all not really <laughs> not not really i'm just we're, well we were trying but yeah even you know uh, yesterday we were is you know obviously Sunday night at, at youth we were talking about Paul yeah. and we were reading through his conversion story and you know it says uh, uh, go for he is my chosen instrument or a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake you know like I mean and that's in Acts nine but you know that's that's not popular 
talk. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and suffering is, it's, it's one of those things because we, we try to avoid talking about it because it doesn't sound fluffy and nice. Mm-hmm. But then I think when we do that, we forget, hang on, if the Bible is true, everybody is facing suffering and we're pretending like it's not happening, yeah. then we're just leaving them in the dark. Exactly. You know, so that's think, a good point. Do you know, like yeah. so tackling suffering in that sense is like good because everybody is facing it. We were talking with middle schoolers who were, you know, talking about their past and their sufferings. And these are like 13, 14 year old kids who already have stories, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So to think that, you know, the white, the classic white collar church mm-hmm. mentality of turning up in your Sunday best and everything's fine. Uh, that's so dangerous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, I was really glad you tackled suffering. Yeah. Um, well that, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. We'll share in his glory. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but there's suffering that goes along with that too. Yeah. That's uh that's part of that inheritance because Jesus suffered. Yeah. Yeah. And shared in his glory. Yeah. So the but, inheritance. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I understand. It definitely would be nice if that verse wasn't there. Yeah, I agree. Or if all of those verses weren't there. I agree. <laughs> That's why yeah. I didn't write it. Yeah. <laughs> I there's there's sometimes throughout reading things that some of my favorite verses or the verses that challenge me the most to understand biblically or they're things that I have to wrestle with. I like to sort of bring them up as here's my least favorite verse in the Bible at the moment. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? yep. it's like, I hate it, yep. but it must mean something. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it was definitely a, an interesting, I, I was really glad that we tied adoption into things, mm. you know, because most people go from justification to sanctification. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a nice, it was a different type of. Yeah. Well, if you, if you don't know who you are, as far as from an adoption standpoint, then yeah. you don't have a target that sanctification leads you into. Mm. Uh, it's just almost like this moving target yeah. without identity. Yeah. So I think that moving from justification into sanctification with skipping the step of adoption mm. would just continue to provide a a targetless yeah. existence. Yeah. And that's not what Scripture does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um but, uh, but yeah, there was definitely, there was a lot in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the different things. It was like, I mean, that's what I love about preaching to high schoolers and middle schoolers. Pretty much I tend to have one point yeah. <laughs> with all of my talks. Yeah. Whereas most of the things on a Sunday morning, you know, it's, it's much more coherent or coherent or like longer or more in depth. So what sort of things did you have to like, what were chopped for time? Yes, chopped <laughs> for time. <laughs> Romans eight fifteen mm-hmm. talks about us not falling back we've not been given a spirit of fear to fall but you know fall yeah. back in and you know one of the things that i talked about was religious systems mm-hmm. and this was a text conversation i had yeah. with one of our members afterwards because they were asking you know a couple questions and one of the things that i really just didn't have time to get into and really mm-hmm. wasn't the the thrust of this theme of adoption in this passage is one of the big things that paul writes um about falling back into was the law you know that Mm -hmm. religious system that was the main one so when we're looking at it yeah there was a huge spotlight Mm -hmm. that paul shone on not falling back into the law into the law that kept us bound into the law that kept us oppressed and that we could never ever ever keep uh, so yeah. that was one of the things that I had to that I, that I really studied out and looked at, yeah. um, but really would have been it's it's a message to itself and it really doesn't fit with the context of the adoption where yeah. Paul's making this claim that 
you're not going to fall back into that. That yeah. was the big glaring yeah. thing uh, yeah. during that time was that temptation of continuing to fall back into the law, into yeah. that religious system and yeah. tradition that brought nothing but curses. Yeah. And the law being back in the, like, the first five books of the Bible, like yes. the sort of, was it 600 odd laws that were in the oh, in, Yeah, it yeah. Like, the, it started with 10, and then yeah. there was 600 and yeah. some, maybe you know, more yeah. added to yeah. it. I, I remember I used to be able to know the number, but like out of all of those, the, the Torah, the first five mm-hmm. books, there's like so many laws that yeah. were in there. And um, that doesn't sound fun. No. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember because I, when I was in college, I had, we had like a living with diversity mm-hmm. uh, course mm-hmm. or uh, uh, class. And we had to do like, conf- uh, perform a, an interview or a, 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 do a project on somebody from a different world faith or a different world belief or something like that. So I interviewed uh, the the head rabbi for Northern Ireland mm. from the Jewish tradition. Mm. I went around to his house and had some really great conversations. And his his understanding of the Old Testament is fantastic. Yeah. Um, he was wrong about Jesus, but he, you know, um, interesting guy. But, you know, all of the little details that had to go into his house, you know, the oh, you yeah. know, bits of scripture above mm-hmm. each doorway, except for the bathroom and all these, like mm-hmm. all these little like ritualistic things mm-hmm. that had to be done to, because it was the law mm-hmm. that I was just like, wow, this is a, I'm, it made, it made me feel really free yeah. from, yeah. from all of that of like, I just get to go and worship God yeah, anytime, anywhere. And do my best to follow him. And, and, and coming from someone, that type of statement coming from someone like Paul, formerly yeah. Saul, who yeah. was an incredibly on on a fast track yeah. to be the the Jew of yeah, Jews. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's just an amazing statement. Yeah. So I I had to cut that out. And then the second one was when we get to the obedience portion of it. You know, the the spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Yeah. Um, Talking about Jesus, we talked about him going into the wilderness, but I also kind of chopped for time the Gethsemane experience of mm-hmm. Christ, of his obedience, when yeah. our desires don't match God's desires. Yeah, It's still God's desires that should win. Mm. Um, and it's not wrong to voice them. It's not wrong to express them. Yeah. But that desire to be obedient to what God is commanding you to do. And we even see that in Jesus's yeah. life. Because sometimes I think we can detach so much from Jesus, the man, the emotional, yeah. Yeah. the the person who went through things. Uh, because Jesus, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, was just like, hey, if there's any other way, yeah. I really don't want to do this. Yeah. If this cup can pass from me, if there's another way, that would be great. But if not... Because yeah. my desire is that I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But I also have a greater desire that I want to be obedient to yeah. you. Yeah. So if not, not my will, yeah. but yours be done. And yeah. I think that you know that would have taken some unpacking oh, yeah. to really yeah. set that up. And, and that was one of those that... Yeah. Uh, but I it was a wonderful addition through the mm. week to my studies and the depth of yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, the garden of Gethsemane. I forgot about that in a sense. Like I haven't thought about that in a while. It's a, it's a heart wrenching uh, piece. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, crazy. Um, but yeah, was that, so was that's, there any, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty are, much what I cut out. So cool. no, it was, a, it, was a, section. it was a really great, I mean, I just thought it was different. I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on adoption, like biblical adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I've heard things on adoption, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, being commanded to care for the widows and the orphans right. and stuff right. like that, which is also great. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and you know, I think we would always, I think I would love to see the church leading the charge in adoption. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, I think there's like eight, between eight and 10,000 kids in the foster system in Kentucky. 
at the moment. Yeah. Um, obviously, our, you know, my brother and sister-in-law are big mm-hmm. into the fostering mm-hmm. and, and adoption side of things. So, I mean, it's something that our family is definitely very passionate about. But, you know, I think once we, especially once we grasp what adoption biblically looks like when he brings us into his family and the joy that that brings, you know, I would really hope that that, even just the word association would twig people into yeah. a passion for this, to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have any temptation to dive into talking about adoption here? Yeah. Yeah. To a, to a certain degree. Um, but I knew that, you know, just the cultural difference was really what needed it to be, be highlighted. Yeah. To, yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah, because that, uh, that would lead us into different branches, same tree, yeah. but yeah. different branches. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. So sometimes it's better to just like, Yep. hone in on one thing yeah, yeah, so tempting 100%, 100%, yeah <laughs> I, oh, I gotta love it that's rock, why we do this trail. that's yeah. why we do this so at least we can talk about it yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, cool well thank you everybody for joining in on yeah. the top for time and, and we'll chat to you again next week yep see you next week guys